Hello folks, this is Matthew here in Matt Explains Rum. This is our episode number three in which we're going to do our first live testing. And today's testing topic is going to be in relation with our episode two, which is the four families of rum. And to highlight the previous lesson, I have chosen four rums, which I believe represent extremely well. And if you've tried them, you know. If you haven't, you should. Um, have this, this uh, horizontal tasting flight. As we try those rums side by side, we will clearly highlight the specifications of each and every uh, rum family. So, in first, to represent the Spanish style rum family, Grabbing the bottle out of the bar, I have chosen the Santa Teresa 1796, a multi-award winning rum uh, that actually was uh, purchased by Rémy Cointreau, the French spirit giant, a few years ago. It is a very solid, strong contender to represent uh, the Spanish family. And this is the first one we're going to try tonight. In number two, we have rum from Barbados, which is going to be a Dorley's 14 years old. So Dorley's, which is a brand made out of the Foursquare Distillery, named after Martin Dorley. Uh, that was one of the um, rum merchants of Barbados. He created this very strong brand, brand that was purchased from Foursquare uh, in the 1990s. Uh, the 14 years old is bottled at 48%. To represent the French family, I went straight for the kill and picked my personal favorite of the category, which is Nesson, N-E-I-S-S-O-N from Martinique in the French Caribbean and their very famous uh, Zepol Carré bottle which means square shoulders. Nesson Le Vieux is bottled at 45% and to finish we will finish with a big punch by trying of course for me not the first time the Hamden Overproof official bottling which packs 60%. Uh, before we start, about tasting, I don't know what kind of glassware you folks have at home, um, but me, I like to taste my rum out of uh, Glencairn glasses. If you don't have any, you can check them out online. Um, and really any of glasses that has that shape, which is like a tulip shape, a glass that really will concentrate the aromas towards the, the top of the glass. This is the kind of glassware you want to look at. Nosing a rum in a big, very large whiskey glass, uh, it's not wrong, huh, definitely. You definitely get the aroma, but you will not get a lot of it. It will be like listening to your favorite album on your phone loudspeaker. Yeah, you get you get the sound, but you definitely don't get the quality that allows you to enjoy the thing fully. So if you don't have really a nosing glass, try to find a, a wine glass or a glass of that sort that's, that's slightly narrow and, 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 constant and, and um, narrow towards the end. So it will allow you to, to, to concentrate the flavors. Uh, the second thing about tasting is nosing. Uh, you've definitely, I'm sure, I've seen a lot of a uh, lot of nosing in uh, in movies and uh, and on TV and internet and that. There's one big difference when you nose spirit that when you nose wine. Is in wine you see people swirling their wine like crazy and then sniffing very hard, uh, and they do that because wine has a fairly low alcohol volume. So you need to really swirl to get the aromas uh, lifted up and then nose to really breeze them in and to catch all those subtle differences in the wine, right? which is usually 12 to 14% alcohol. Here, as you are nosing rum, 
we don't want to do that. We want the rum to stay still in the glass. And to nose it, we're going to put our nose in the glass and don't sniff. If you sniff, it's going to almost kind of hurt. It's almost going to, going to burn the inside of your nose. And it's going to really uh, numb your, 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 your nosing capabilities. And then you're going to miss out a, a lot of things. A lot like if we use the, the music analogy again, if you take your first, your favorite album and you put on the headset and you put the sound to the maximum, you're going to damage your ears and then you're, gonna, you're not going to listen to everything. So rum in that sense is, is very similar. So take a glass that narrows down, put some rum in the glass, and then you, what you want to do is put your nose literally inside the glass, open your mouth and just breathe. And you will see that as you breathe in and breathe out, air also circulates through your nose and that's just enough to get the right amount of aromas into your nose. And that way you can nose and you can taste and you can try and you can experience your spirit in a much gentler, gentler manner. Uh, that technique is not mine. It's actually a technique that has been uh, taught to me by a guy named Richard Patterson. You can Google him. He works for a distillery called Dalmore. And the guy designed the most expensive whiskies in the world. He's known as one of the world's foremost, most knowledgeable and reputable master blender and whiskey expert. And he taught me that technique in a tasting many, many, many years ago uh, when we met in Singapore. And trust me, I've been using that technique for many, many years. And that's the perfect way of nosing your spirit. So without further ado, we're going to pour ourselves a little bit of that Santa Teresa 1796. Uh, Santa Teresa, while we, we pour our glass, a bit of history about the distillery. Ah, the magical sound of the bottle opening. Uh, so Santa Teresa is coming out of Venezuela. Oh, beautiful dark orange color. Uh, this edition is called 1796 because the Hacienda de Santa Teresa was uh, founded in 1796. Uh, that, uh, that was that simple. Even though the Hacienda actually only started making rum in 1830. So a few, uh, a few, uh, a few, a few years later. Um, on a personal level, I've always loved Santa Teresa because this was one of my first, um, my first rum crush. Uh, Santa Teresa is an absolutely fantastic rum. It's won rum of the year several times. Uh, as I said, the brand has been purchased by Rémy Cointreau and the big cognac brand a few years back that give them really a global visibility. But behind this, it's important to know that uh, I, have, I have a few Venezuelan friends and they were telling me, you know, in Venezuela, uh, Diplomatico, we export Santa Teresa we drink. Santa Teresa is a, is a legit uh, renowned brand in its domestic market before being an international sensation. And to me, that's very important. It's an authentic brand that, as I said, has been around for a long time, huh? since 1830. Uh, and it's a brand that's loved by the people of Venezuela. Uh, and that also to me is important because I'm very proud being French uh, that when people around the world enjoy cognac or agricole rum or calvados, I'm sure the people of Venezuela, they're also very proud when people appreciate the, the true genuine products coming out of their country. So I think it's, uh, it's also nice to, uh, to give homage and credit to the people making, uh, making great stuff. And even on top, on top of that, uh, for the little story, it's important to know that Venez uh, in Santa Teresa in Venezuela, they are, they are involved in a lot of... Um, a rehabilitation of bandits uh, and uh, they actually have a they have a rugby program so you know the rugby sport and through rugby they actually help to rehabilitate uh, people that unfortunately life has put on the street and have lived through crime and and, and difficult difficult complicated uh, life choices so Santa Teresa also has a social impact on the life of the people in Venezuela I think it's important to be mentioned. 
uh, that it's a it's a genuine product managed by genuine good people so which is a couple extra reason to like the, this brand on top of them making a, a very beautiful product so i've poured myself uh, about 20 20 to 30 milliliter of rum i would say um, which will be enough for this tasting because we have four rums to see uh, four rum to try and of course four times 25 makes a makes a nice big glass of rum so uh, i'm recording this on a tuesday so it's uh, enough for me for today um, the rums we will try today i would recommend not to pour them all in advance uh, because even though they're at 45 48 even the last one at 60 uh, they will have in the glass once it's their turn while we talk about it they have plenty of time to open up but if you pour them all four at first and by the time you arrive at the last one if it already had 30 minutes in the glass it will be fully opened up and you will have missed some of the earlier story uh, in the drink so take your time go one by one and as you move forward don't finish your glass always leave a little bit behind and then that will allow you to go back and to compare and you think oh spanish to english ah tastes like this spanish to french ah okay now i really see the difference okay french to jamaican now okay, i can really see the difference oh and that french at first i thought it was really dry and a little bit sharp and after 15 minutes i can see it opening up and becoming smoother and i get more of the sweet toffee notes and so on so it's important to know we will pour our glasses one by one we will not drink them fully as we move forward, which will allow us to go to go back. And as you listen to this uh, to this podcast, once I'm done talking, or if you have enough of hearing my voice, you can just pause me and you can go back and forth between between your glasses. Uh, tonight I will not, or very little, as little as possible, uh, mention tasting notes for a reason. Is one. The internet is already full of them and i know from experience uh, just a reminder that i used to manage la maison du whisky out of singapore and i have conducted dozens if not hundreds of tastings with people from very different backgrounds and if you are listening to this podcast if you are from asia from america from europe the what you're going to know beside the very obvious strong notes like vanilla for example a lot of the, the the aromas you're going to pick that your brain is going to try to translate into words will be very different based on your own personal history uh, and your own uh, tasting experience okay so i would focus i like to focus more on the story about the distillery and just paint the general picture and then i'll let you put the final touch onto your own map and you decide uh, what this rum uh, means means to you. Because if I tell you that this rum tastes like sweet oranges, or it tastes like st uh, strawberry jam, the influence it has on your brain will make you think, oh yes, I get jam. Or you're going to be searching for jam, even though I might be totally wrong, or strawberry jam for me might mean overripe banana for you. I'm oversimplifying. There is, of course, a very detailed science about this and all the esters and the aromas and what they are and what actual flavor they, 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 are, they, are, they are connected to. But every rum will have dozens or hundreds of different flavors built in. Our nose will only pick you know, 15-20% of them. So I might pick a totally different uh, part of the spirit than you. So again, I paint the picture i give the frame i give uh direction and then i let you uh enjoy and discover and then we share we share about it so first santa teresa look at the color beautiful dark brown uh, the bottle mentions solera so that very uh spanish way of aging rum where we empty the older barrels, we top them up with younger rum, and the barrels are never fully emptied. So it's a mix of older and newer rum. On this bottle, they don't mention any age statement, which I actually kind of like, 
because you know it's a Solera, but there is no overpromise. If you look online, they will tell you that there is some ROM in there which has 35 years of age, which I would believe it's true, but is it 0.1% or is it 50% of the bottle? Nobody can tell. So we just put that in a, in a corner of our mind and we just try to ignore it and try to enjoy the, the produce for what it is. On the nose, very Spanish style, very, you're going to get something uh, uh, that's sweetness. Uh, like uh, even if you're new to rum, this is probably what you think rum uh, smell and taste like. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't bite on the nose. And on the nose, you can already tell it's going to be something very reconforting, very, very approachable, very easy. Of course, the rum is bottled at 40%, huh? so that's the, the lowest it can be. So it's not going to be uh, very aggressive. Even if you're not used to rum, maybe 40% is high for you. Uh, fret not, this one is going to be probably nice and smooth. Let's give it a sip. very very pleasant for me um, Santa Teresa is a is a quintessence of um, enjoyment rum huh? by opposition with appreciation rum it's never a rum that I will uh, nose pensively looking at the fireplace for hours it's a bottle I like to crack open with my friends because I know if I put 10 of them around the table everybody's gonna love it the new dinker the seasoned drinker. None of my friend is a is a is a spirit snob. They they would think this is not precious enough for them, so that's fine. Um, it's a very well-rounded rum, very approachable. But mm, it sticks in the throat for very long. That's a very important quality criteria for me. The rum stay there. Mm. It's very well, obviously, very well constructed. He had a very pleasant entrance on the palate, didn't bite the tongue, full mouth and very long finish. Uh, for me, these are the, really the, the four elements of every tasting you do. If you have to look for a way to deconstruct it, think nose, tongue, palate, finish, throat if you want. Sometimes you're going to be losing yourself in nosing a rum. And sometimes rum are so complex, so flavorful, you can be nosing them for half an hour before you even want to put them in your mouth. That's usually a trademark from a, for exceptional product. Then as you go into the mouth, the bite on the tongue, sometimes it's very harsh and sharp. can be a good thing or a bad thing. Usually the latter more than the former. But in the case of the Santa Teresa, very gentle, very pleasant, very enjoyable. And then the mouth, so sometimes the rum, it's inside your mouth, but they, it, it just falls flat, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a, a relationship that you thought was going to be fiery, and actually uh, the magic doesn't happen. Not the case here with Santa Teresa, it's something very syrupy, it coats the mouth, it coats the tongue. I get a lot of aromas, which to me are very Spanish-orientated, and very sweet candy. That kind of uh, that kind of direction, and now it's been two three minutes. I can still taste it in my throat. No doubt, a very uh, very well constructed product. Sugar wise, so there's definitely a little bit of sugar, uh, as in a pure Spanish tradition, Spanish style rum, uh, the rum from uh, Central America, so of course Venezuela, Panama, Nicaragua, Cuba, Dominican Republic, this area. Um, rum tend to be sweetened, but I think this one is definitely on the lower end of the sweet spectrum, which makes the finish very pleasant. Um, we will be talking a lot about sugar. The issue I have personally with sugar is the aftertaste. So if you are enjoying your rum and you have a party and you're doing cocktails, it's fine. But uh, an overly sweet rum makes tasting neat on ice absolutely, absolutely unpleasant. So if you have a sweet rum, 
you basically are condemned of drinking it in cocktails and mix it with a with a, there's many different ways of making great cocktails huh? with rum even uh, rum lime and coke uh, properly made is a, is a delicious drink but uh, if you drink a rum which has too much sugar on ice it becomes thick and it starts to taste like cough syrup and it leaves a very bitter taste in the throat which is very very unpleasant not at all the case here with Santa Teresa so um, uh, very very happy with this first tasting it's definitely to understand what Spanish style rum is this is the perfect uh, introduction so I've not finished my glass I had a I had a decent amount but uh, I only took about half and now I'm going to move uh, to my second bottle which is a Dolly's 14 year old out of um, Four Square Distillery in Barbados and that's bottled at 48%. So this one has a really beautiful, like dark, most uh, monogamy, monogamy, monogamy color. Uh, on the front label, it does say distilled and matured at Four Square Rum Distillery. So it's a tropical aged product, very important. Uh, aged in white oak for 14 years. Ah, it, they do say, that's very interesting, at the back, that they do add caramel color and that's um that's uh that's uh that's very honest of them of course foursquare and richard still which have been named distiller of the year and distillery of the year several times are all about um transparency and right below they say authentic rum no sugar other sweetener or flavor has been added so they are very transparent here about what's in the bottle. They say the caramel is only to restore the initial color that was lost during dilution. Four square rums, when they get out of the cask, they are usually about 65%. And you can find uh, cask strength four square rums out there at a much cheaper price than this one. But as you dilute it to make it uh, a more approachable product at still 48%, of course, you add still water inside your rum and it makes the rum clearer. So they're just adding caramel, which doesn't add any flavor to the produce to bring it back to the initial color. But they do not add any uh, other agent to their product. And you almost know that most of the very big commercial brands out there add a certain form of sugar usually glycerol which is a low sweetening agent but that makes your rum very smooth so if you drink your rum and not only your rum actually if you even if you drink a vodka and you're like oh that vodka is very smooth no vodka is smooth and vodka is distilled at 97 percent alcohol uh, it's just really uh, booze and a little bit of water vodka is smooth because there's glycerol in it huh? so all the gray goose belvedere siroc all that stuff they've been tested in labs they all contain added sugar uh, to make it smooth um, but this one, this one doesn't, and um, that's definitely the kind of uh, of products we are looking at in this podcast. So, let's get a little glass. The magic sound. Gonna give myself about the same. Let's do a quick. Color comparison with the sun. The Santa Teresa was really more like dark orange, not like a dry orange. When the the Dolly's has this uh, mahogany, almost like red tint uh, color to it. And on the nose, so we are looking for something uh, rum from Barbados, really very balanced. So we're looking for sweetness, probably a bit more wood uh, in the English family where Dolly's belongs compared to the, uh, the Spanish family. Not so sweet and light and honey. We're looking at something with a bit more punch. Uh, something more like what, uh, what we think a, a, a parrot <laughs> will, will drink. Um, because this is where lots of the Spanish, uh, sorry, English rum brands try to, uh, to, to communicate. Dolly's as a parrot on the, on, the, on the bottle. I think that's the, that's the original label. 
since Martin Dorley started bottling rum in 1920. So here I'm really just putting my nose in a glass. I'm opening my mouth and I'm breathing. You can probably hear me. If I need to get more, I would just like sniff very, very softly from my nose to get some aromas to come in. Now let's sip. Mm. Definitely a stronger punch. And Barbados have this... Um, as you, as you explore rum and you get an idea of what different rum from different parts of the world tastes like, Barbados has this very strange, like right smack in the middle positioning, which, which makes it really great. Definitely really, really well, well produced rum. Even though this one at 14 years old has a tad bit too much wood for me. But something I will I could either enjoy or appreciate between between the two. I'm sure it will hold really well or nice, but it will also make delicious cocktails. Even though it's probably a bit a bit pricey for cocktails, but but it doesn't have such a unique characteristic as the other three rums we're gonna to try tonight have. The Spanish have this very honey, light, sweet it screams party kind of character. And the French and Jamaican we're going to do after have very, very uh, singular flavor profile, like very recognizable. The English style rums, on the other hand, you can tell these are like the big rum. They're like, like the big international brands, really meant to conquer and, and please as many people as possible because it's really balanced. It's got the power, it's powerful, but not too much. It's got strength, but not too much. It's sweet, but it's not sugary. Of course, because this one has no added sugar. But uh, of course, it's still a molasses-based um, product, so you get that 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 that, that sugary that, that that sweetness. But it doesn't it doesn't leave that uh, that that awful uh, sweet film on your on your lips. Um, but that's something you could either put in the hand of a total beginner. Or you could put in the end of a whiskey drinker, neat or on ice. Or that's something you could put in the end of a very seasoned rum lover, and you would be like, yeah, this is still a, this is a really cracking rum. And of course, the four square label nowadays in the world of rum, that's a, that's a label, that's such a, such a, such a, a token on the shoulder to say, wow, this is a, this is a solid product. So Dolly's 14. Really good, really well made. But to me, the weakness is doesn't have enough personality to stand out as a, as a, as a, as a really like a it's not a unique rum experience. You will find a lot of rums that that taste like that. Probably not as well made, but still is a is a is a good product. Now I'm going to do something which I really encourage you all to do is I'm going to go back to Santa Teresa just very, very quickly because now the, I have the Barbados really, really clear in my mind and I'm going to have a bit more of the Spanish. So that Santa Teresa compared to Dorley's, the differences now become very, very obvious that sweetness and lightness of the Spanish compared to the, the powerfulness of the English rum. Very, very obvious. I'm very happy because this is a very clear comparison between the two and um, really helps to refresh the difference between uh, these two uh, very distinctive federal profiles. Third, uh, we're going to go to a distillery which I absolutely, absolutely love, uh, which is Nesson out of Martinique. And 
This will be our only sugarcane juice rum tonight and all the other three are made of molasses. So Nesson will say on the bottle Agricole, which is an appellation of control of origin. So uh, <clears throat> uh, if you see a bottle that says Agricole but doesn't come from the West, uh, the West, the French West Indies or uh, Reunion Island in the Indian Ocean, uh, this is technically not an agricole rum. Agricole rum is made, it's like, a, <coughs> it's like camembert or, uh, know, it's, it's or champagne or cognac. It's a, you can only, or you know, feta cheese, it can only be made in a certain part of the world. So Nesson, very small distillery that's been operating since 1932. Um, <coughs> and Nesson is on the, on the foothills of a volcano in Martinique, so they have a volcanic soil. They were the first distillery to become fully organic. No, sorry, not fully organic. To become organic, uh, maybe four or five years ago after a 10 year long process. Um, so now more, little by little, all their expressions are becoming uh, organic. And what does that mean? It means they have, they are engaged in a process to preserve and to protect the unique terroir that they have. I know the terroir word is a word which is thrown out and around a lot. What is terroir? Terroir is all the external and uh, factor factors that are gonna give flavors to our product. Things such as the yeast in the air, the sun where we are, the minerals inside the soil that are absorbed by the sugarcane and then transferred into the juice and into the distillation. Okay, the water that's being used. For the for the for the for the for the distillation and uh, things such as very subtle such as you know, the, the barometric pressure for example of uh, of where the distillery is so uh, when it comes to molasses rum terroir would not be as distinctive because molasses is being already such a a byproduct and it's been transformed so heavily through the process of rendering sugar crystals. Uh, the specificities of that terroir are already very, very dialed down. With when it comes to sugarcane juice, which is made solely and fully for rum production, you get really in one place, in one distillery, you get a very unique produce. So if you go to different areas of Martinique, different sugarcanes grown in different areas will have different flavors. Very much like if you go to a to drink wine from Napa Valley, wine from different areas of Napa, different grapes, different soil will have different flavors. Very similar, and that's the very spe that's the specificity of French agricole rum is that notion of terroir because depending on where it's grown and which sugarcane they use, it has a gigantic impact on the flavor we get at the end. So Nesson here, uh, they're using a sugarcane called Can Bleu, uh, blue sugarcane, and the rum. Has been uh, the juice has been made and then the the, the rum has been fermented and distilled and aged in the Caribbean. So it's tropical aging. <coughs> the bottle says from 36 to 60 months, huh? so three to five years. Of course, the le, oh I didn't say I'm drinking le vieux, uh, the old uh, rum by Nesson, which is a a new release uh, from four years ago that replaced the Reserve Special uh, bottle at 45%. And this is an assemblage, a vatting of cask that have spent 36 to 60 months in the Caribbean. It maybe doesn't sound as much, um, but think that rum in the Caribbean evaporates to the rates of 8 to 10% per year. With if you age rum in England or Netherlands, which is the vast majority of the stock out there, there the evaporation is only 1.5 to 2% per year. So when your rum has been aged for six years in the Caribbean, uh, you already have lost almost half of your stock. And revatting cask in the French Caribbean is not done, it's not allowed. So it will evaporate faster and faster, actually. And then you will concentrate the alcohol, it will concentrate the aromas. So 36 to 60 months in the Caribbean is already quite quite a lot because they will have lost 
the angel share would be probably you know, 30 to 40 percent of evaporation. So we already get a rum which is fairly concentrated. Uh, <clears throat> French agricole are not allowed to add color or sugar to the rum. So this rum, it is dark, but it's definitely not as dark as the English or the Spanish rum we've tried before. It still has like a very kind of like rose gold or very uh, dry hay kind of a, kind of a color. Uh, it's really, really beautiful. Um, on the nose, it's a lot lighter. Uh, it's a lot more uh, floral, not as sweet as uh, the previous two. Mm. Mm. Many, many things happening. I don't want. I don't want to say. I don't want to say notes because I don't want to. I don't want to spoil the pleasure for you guys to, to put your own words onto this. But if you take the Dolly's fourteen, and you take this one, one after the other. The differences are astronomical. Astronomical. Now let's try it. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. It's the citrus. It's the almost yuzu, lime, maybe kumbaba, kind of a kind of a kind of flavor profile, tad of grapefruit. And immediately, that uh, that toffee, sugary. Well, it's um, when I think of a uh, of rum from the the um, the English Caribbean and Spanish Caribbean, I think of rum which are very easy to understand. Um, a little bit like um, the wrong kind of girlfriend, the one that you you're very attracted by her looks but she doesn't have the right personality. Um, the French agricole rum is the opposite. It's difficult to approach, but it's very, very, very layered, like a very meaningful relationship, like a very old friend that year after year, you peel layers after year layers, and there's a, there's a, a deeper and deeper personality. And this one, and I know every time I'm going to go back, I'm going to I'm going to peel a different layer of the glass, and I'm going to uncover a different different aroma. Which, if I go back to the Spanish style, which is again nothing wrong about that, but now what we are doing is rum appreciation, and we are tasting. And the, the Santa Teresa is not really meant for that; it's meant to be drunk and enjoyed. And if I go back to it, I don't think I'm going to pick up a lot more. On the nose, actually, it seems it's, uh, it smells already a little bit, uh, a little bit lighter. Yeah, and I, I really get a lot of that sweetness left. But I think all the the most volatile compounds are gone already, and then we're just really left with the sweetness and the alcohol. Uh, not much with a, a lot of personality uh, left in the glass. Wills de Nesson. The Nesson has a lot, lot to offer, and uh, it's saying, it's saying a lot. Roll it in your mouth like this. Try to peel layer by layer. Mm. This is where tasting becomes a personal experience. Because if I tell you what I taste like, for a Frenchman that has lived in Asia for ten years. When I say citrus, it's a mixture of actually poor quality citrus fruits we get in France compared to the very high quality citruses I've had the pleasure of trying in Asia. With a little bit of those um, Japanese citruses I've had tried in my years. And I get a very, very, um, I get a bit of everything. And that's very personal to me. But as you will try in Nesson, Try to think about citrus and what what does it say to you? What 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 do you think you get? And uh, that's just a an, an area to explore. Uh, for you folks that don't know about Nesson, know that Nesson is a highly highly praised uh, distillery, uh, especially by rum by rum collectors and rum lovers. 
And Grégory Vernon, the owner, is one of the most respected and appreciated um, rum, uh, rum personality out there. If Grégory ever happens to visit your country, if there is a rum festival nearby you, or if you have a chance to attend and to meet him, and so it is with Richard Seal, the maker of Dorley's that we tried before, you should absolutely, even if you have to take a day off work, sit down with them and listen to what they have to say. Of course, the easier solution is to turn to Google and to listen to one of their many, uh, many classes which are online, especially Richard's. There is really a lot to learn. But these are, these are really uh, two of the living legends uh, of Rome and uh, really, really wonderful people. I had uh, the pleasure of sitting down with some of them, few of them, all of them at the same time, several times. Always a good time. And that wasn't my intention, but that's actually a perfect intro for our last bottling. Uh, we've talked about the we talk about two living legends of rum, Richard Seal of Dorley's and uh, Gregory Vernon of Nesson. And now we're going to talk about Luca Gargano of Vellier, and he's the godfather of rum. He's the one that started the rum revolution well, seven, eight years ago, ten years ago. Technically older, because he's been into rum for much, much longer. But um, in September 2015, for the story, I flew to Singapore, from Singapore to Paris, and immediately from Paris to Genoa in Italy, where Luca is based. And I arrived in his office at 9.30 in the morning, and he put bottles in front of me that said Habitation Vellier. And these Habitation Vellier nowadays, they are highly, highly, highly praised and sought after by rum lovers. And they are pure single rums, so uh, rum only made of pot steel, single distilleries aged where it's made, really in a single malt sense, but applied to rum, which was totally new back then. And this was one of the first steps that helped the world of rum to totally transform themselves, allow the consumers to drink the unblended stuff, the pure rum from where it's made, non-altered, aged where it's supposed to be, the same way we are used to drinking bourbon aged in US, cognac aged in France, scotch aged in Scotland, and so on. A few years later, Luca did, and many other along the way, but he managed to, he did one of his major coups de force. He managed to convince the family that owned Hamden, a 275 years old distillery in Trelawney, Jamaica, to finally bottle rum under their own brand. A distillery which had made rum for 270 years, more than 270 years, but had never bottled rum under their own brand. They've always sold it bulk to bottlers, to big brands, because their rum was so strong and so good. Only a little bit of Hamden was enough to flavor thousands of liters of rum and to make their that rum really that good. And a lot, in exactly, the, if you're familiar with the story of whiskey, the same way uh, Strathila or Macallan or were used before the 60s to make Shivas and Johnny Walker and, uh, and uh, Dewars and those brands taste good. Uh, that very strong single malt at the core. Hamden was that very strong, pure single core, single rum at the core of very big rum brands in the world, and still is today. But now, we have a chance, for the first time in 270 years, to try pure, non-altered Hamden. So Hamden is the fourth family of rum we drink today. Uh, we've had Spanish, English, French, and now we're going to try Jamaican. Even though Jamaican is technically, you know, rum literature will be referenced inside the English category, to me, Jamaica is really standalone because there is no mistake when you open a bottle of Jamaican rum, it is Jamaican rum. This explosion of fruits, you open a bottle, the whole room smells like it immediately. And to me, that's really, really unique and it doesn't apply at all to the other English uh, rum. 
Um, so Hamden is from one of the five distilleries of Jamaica. There's only five distilleries left. Uh, and it's from the Triloni Parish. Uh, and that's one area which is specialized in high ester rum. We will dedicate one or several podcasts in the future just on that topic. But just to explain clearly, uh, esters and congeners are what is not alcohol inside the liquid. So it's the chemical compounds that give flavor and aroma. And that part of the world makes the rum with the highest levels of congeners. So, which means the highest intensity of flavor and aroma, the most perfume, the most flavors, the boldest rum. Almost to the point that sometimes people say it stinks. So Jamaican rum sometimes are known as a stinky rum. But here, Hamden, this one is a, is a, is a balanced edition. So Hamden makes, uh, like many distilleries in the world, they make what we call marks. And marks are different styles of rum, different uh, flavor profile. In Hamden, they have eight different profiles. So if you are a big rum bottler out of Germany, and your recipe calls for X million of liters of that mark from Hamden, why millions of liters from that mark from Worthy Park and then lots of just pure white alcohol and that you add caramel and color da, da. that's that one ingredient so then they make eight different styles and from they go from the lightest to the strongest and in this one the official Hamden overproof rum that exists thanks to Luca Gagano and the Surrey family that owns Hamden they've chosen more of the lightest rum and that's already the rum is already very 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 aromatic very very aromatic so uh, what else to say about Hamden Hamden these bottlings of Hamden uh, they are made in the uh, most pure and perfect way according at least to me and to many rum lovers actually are there they're actually quite smart. They, they, they focus a lot on that, on the packaging. And they, uh, they, they how to say, they, uh, they, they list the key elements, spring water. And so Hamden, they have their own spring water on the estate. That's really quite rare in the Caribbean. Uh, they're using natural yeast. So, so the... The, the, the molasses and the juice gets into the tanks, in the fermentation tanks, which are made of wood. They don't add yeast. It's the yeast in the air and inside the wood that kickstarts the fermentation. And that's very signature of Hamden. That will make, it's through that fermentation process that, uh, that uh, chemical compounds are created that have aroma. So that unique signature of yeast from that estate is what gives Hamden its unique profile. It's 100% pot steel distillation. Uh, so pot steel is one batch, two batch. It's not like if you distill in a column, uh, your Bacardi has gone out of 40 meter, like a column which has like 40 or 45 plateau in it. So it's so much distilled that there is nothing left, just alcohol. It doesn't taste anything. This one is pure pot steel, so a lot of aromas. Tropical aging, it's aged where it's made. It's very important. And of course, it is sugar-free. And in the front, uh, they they actually um, we explain that a little bit more into details. And I really encourage each and every one of you to spend a bit of time reading that information. But <clears throat> yeah, they talk about what is high esters, tropical maturation, uh, wild fermentation, only pot still, spring water, natural color, sugar-free. And if you think about it, these are all the codes that the Scotch Whiskey Association has been applying to whiskey since the 70s, which is the norm in other categories like tequila or, or brandy, French brandy at least. But in rum, didn't exist until, and that's the magic of Luca, together with Richard Steele and Grégory Vernon, the three musketeers of rum, which have been really advocating uh, these practices in rum for the past few years. So, whew, we can nose it, but the whole room smells like it, so it's, a, it's very obvious. Unique, unique Jamaican signature. 
whatever tropical fruit are to you, I can guarantee this is what you're gonna smell. And whether it's um, pineapple, bananas, or more specifically, uh, jackfruit, mangosteen, uh, mangoes, this is what you're gonna take. A big basket of uh, tropical fruit. Wow. It's powerful, but at the same time, it doesn't bite, coats the mouth. Ooh, I'm gonna I'm gonna taste this one for a long time. Mm. You need to chew on it a little bit. Appreciate every layer. Ooh, as this handen keeps giving me uh, the chills. Wow, what a beautiful rum. What an experience. So we've really gone, and I really don't mean that in a negative manner. We've gone from a really well-made, enjoyable Spanish-style rum to full-on, really boutique, appreciation Jamaican rum. But each and every one of them really packs a huge punch four very very strong ambassadors of the unique style of rum available in their countries and in their geographical areas i can only encourage you guys to give it a try if you just want to try and sample uh, you know where to find me and you know on uh, you can visit our website um, on le conservatoire du rum.fr you can order uh, sample sets if you just want to have a little bit of a, a taste or you can approach your caviste and your retailer wherever you are wherever you might be and get, grab a bottle of those I guarantee you you'll be in for a treat and after this tasting you will have a very very sharp understanding of the different styles of rum and what is a Spanish an English a French or a Jamaican rum which would be four pillars on which you're going to build your flavor map and on which you're going to start uh, your rum exploration journey or you're going to restart your journey into the wonderful world of rum. Okay, uh, this is how we're going to end this podcast. Thank you all for listening and for giving me some of your time. Um, wow. I had an excellent time sharing uh, more about the four different families of rum. Uh, excuse me for the little technical glitch in the middle. This is still also very new to me. Not the tasting, the podcasting. Um, I hope you liked it. If you did, uh, give me a like, give me a shout on whichever platform you're using this. If you have comments on ways to improve and ways to make this uh, better, I'm all ears. Of course, if there are topics you want me to explore or clarify, or if you have questions, uh, this is a platform meant for sharing. And I'm very happy to answer and to get the conversation started about why, to me, rum is the most exciting spirit category to experience uh, right now. Thank you all, and I'll see you again in the next episode of Matt Explains Rum. Goodbye.